Hi everyone, this is The Locals Podcast and today I have Sam on the podcast. Hello, how's it going? Good, good, good. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast, guys. She is someone that I met earlier this year before. It's crazy to think about, Sam, because I met you in February when like we didn't even think coronavirus was a thing. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. And it was so special too, because when we met and it was at the amazing OKSIS podcast live event with Cassie and Michelle Randolph. I know. Amazing. And I remember meeting you, you were just a ball of sunshine. Absolutely incredible. And I walked in and I I thought about that kind of mid-March when all of this sort of first closed down. Yeah. You know, the fact that we're all in a small room, it's like those COVID, COVID thoughts, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it was just so funny because I, even myself, I I think back to the time just in January and February where people were going to events because that's normal life. Like we right. enjoyed going to events because that's how I am too. And that was yeah. my first podcast event. I was so excited. And oh. Sam was just so cute, bouncing around, taking photos. <laughs> and I loved it. It was just such a cute event overall. And it sparked a new friendship and relationship with Sam, which was really nice. Yes. And I've, it's been so special. I think social media is obviously a, such a blessing because it's yes. been so fun following your page throughout all this. Oh, and yes. you are doing such an amazing job with this podcast. Thank it is you. so fun and vibrant and you were just amazing. So thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's get into having a little bit of an introduction for yourself. So if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Hardy. So I just recently graduated in May from the University of Southern California at USC in LA. USC. USC. It was such a wonderful, wonderful four years. And my major was psychology. I had a double minor in forensics and criminality and individual societies and aging, which is in our school of gerontology on campus. Uh, Really enjoyed both of those majors as well. It was very fun to take some of those forensics classes. I loved it. Um, And then, of course, throughout my college experience, I really started building this business that's now Sam Hardy Portraits. And um, I went from, you know, just kind of playing around with my old camera that I used to use in high school to purchasing the camera that I have today. Um, I've done about 170 shoots by now over the past few years. Mm -hmm. Um, And that includes events, you know, of events like the OKSIS podcast we did, but primarily portraits. So grad shoots, fashion shoots, headshots, that sort of thing. And I love it. So the the crazy thing for me right now is, you know, I'm I'm centered in LA. I grew up in Sierra Madre, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to be moving the first week of September to Chicago. Wow. Oh, I'm so hyped about it, Allison. I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to be going to pursue my master's in marriage and family therapy at Northwestern. Sam, you are so smart. Oh 
like a little thing. Oh. too kind. No, Sam is just so smart. First of all, like you went to USC for undergrad, which oh. accomplishment <laughs> in itself. And then now you're going to Northwestern, which is an amazing, phenomenal school. I also have a friend that goes there. And it seems like a very nice school. I mean, it's in Chicago. You can't beat that. So... Exactly. Oh, I'm and thank you for all the kind words. I'm so so excited. And the cold weather is gonna oh, be something yes. that's a little new to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> that yes. polar vortex at negative 20. Oh no, no, no. Well, oh, no. actually, how is that working? Are you guys still set to go in person or is it remote? Yes, no, great question. So my my boyfriend and I are gonna be moving the first week. He's gonna be working um at Deloitte in downtown Chicago, and I'm okay. gonna be at Northwestern. So Primarily right now for me at Northwestern, they've mentioned hybrid classes, you know, as most universities are talking, trying to decide between hybrid and fully online. The interesting part for me is I'm going to be in a marriage and family therapy program. And if you can imagine when we do go back to in-person, if classes are, you know, again, live in person, you're going to have to be wearing masks. Oh, yeah. What they've announced sort of and told us, which I fully agree with, is it's very difficult to conduct therapy when two people are wearing masks. It just emotionally, it's hard to connect, as well as if someone gets emotional, I'm guessing, and cries or something like that. Very, very difficult. So what I'm betting is we're going to be staying completely online for at least the therapy portion, but for in-class portions, we may go back. Okay, well, that's good to know because, I mean, this is graduate school, so it's really hard to tailor that, especially with your specialty with it, which is therapy, you know? Yes. Oh, I totally agree. And good. the good news is the cohort is very small. There's only about 30 of us. So Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So excited for you. I was actually supposed to take a trip this year to Chicago to visit a friend that goes to Loyola. Oh, how wonderful. I know. But sadly... I've never been to Chicago, and it's so funny because my TikTok knows that I love skylines and city <laughs> vibe, so they keep showing me Chicago-based skylines and just no. the vibe of Chicago, and I'm just so sad because I really want to go visit, and hopefully next year sometime I'm able to, yes. because now I know multiple people that will be living in Chicago. Yes, please. Let's go hang out. I would love that. And that's the thing about, of course, the past few months is I'm so excited for friends to come out eventually. But I know right now things are, you know, we're going to take it day by day. Yeah, take it day by day. (laughs) Well, how has your quarantine been treating you in terms of just like staying productive? Like, is there any favorite books you've been reading or movies you've been watching? Share. Oh my gosh. Another amazing question. Um, So I have loved the book that really changed my life over quarantine was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. I've heard of it. Yes. I cannot recommend it enough. And for anyone listening, I I mean, I would recommend it to men, women, really Mm -hmm. anyone who's interested in changing their life, Mm -hmm. but I really would recommend this to any woman who is looking for some guidance. Um, mm. Glennon Doyle, it, her, it is so soul searching. It is mm-hmm. so deep and beautiful and her story is incredible. So that one really changed my life. I did watch Tiger King. Oh, yes. I, got, I did get wrapped up in that. That was fascinating. And then Funny. I've noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Netflix has totally, you know, every single week, their top 10 changes. They're releasing stuff all the time. Yep. Yep. 
and it it just continues i'm like how are they cranking out all of this content but they're doing it exactly and i applaud them um Mm -hmm. i've kind of been like you where this quarantine definitely has allowed me to slow down a lot Mm. which has been so helpful and i'm reading this book actually i'll show you it because it's so pretty it's called the vanishing half and this has been another highly requested book just on social media and it's by Britt bennett so i'm working through that right now and it's one of another book just for like especially women in color you Mm. know telling them you know just different things that you know we go through and how to overcome them so it's an amazing book and I'll definitely give a book review once I finish but yeah I have been enjoying it so much so I've been trucking through a lot of books this entire quarantine which has been nice and um there's also I like to shout out some small businesses even though the business that I'm about to say is not so small but it is a really good sustainable brand which is called girlfriend collective have you heard of them I haven't. Tell me more. Well, they're basically like a workout set um, business. So they have all types of workout sets that are sustainably made and they're very size inclusive. And it's just it's a really nice brand. And I I kind of see them blowing up because a lot of the YouTubers that I watch have been doing reviews. And although, you know, I will admit when you do shop sustainable, it is a little bit more expensive so it's kind of like you have to invest in a piece that you know that you're going to wear but I really am trying to um just shop a little bit more reasonable because I know that you know there's a lot of things happening with a lot of companies right now and we just want to be mindful with when we're purchasing clothing and all of that so absolutely oh I fully agree and actually I mean on the topic of clothing I Mm -hmm. have had such an interesting relationship with clothing throughout quarantine. Obviously, really? we're yeah. I'm living in pajamas for the most of it. It's mm-hmm. amazing that I put on a blouse today just because I'm, I mean, and it, the crazy thing too is I'm in the process of moving out of my college apartment and oh. transitioning into my more adult graduate yeah. house, you know, apartment. So um, in, in saying that, going through the, the closet is way more you know, it's, it's way more exhausting than I thought it would be. Have you, have you done any closet makeovers since quarantine is hit? Oh my goodness. So I'm actually still kind of in the process of kind of weeding out. So I came up with this really good system, which I highly recommend everyone do. I, whenever I purchase something new, I tell Mm -hmm. myself, okay, say if I purchase two new clothing items, okay, two things have to come out now. So it's a constant like, okay, if I want to refresh my closet, then I need to take out the old because there are so many things that I have not worn in months. A hundred. And you, you know, the, the Marie Kondo method. Yep. (laughs) Sparking joy. Exactly. I've been really trying to do that where you hold a piece. And for anyone who hasn't read her book, I believe it's sparking joy. Mm -hmm. Um, really highly recommend incredible yes. book but you hold your piece in your hands whether it's clothing or an item and then you just think does this spark joy in my life mm-hmm. and uh, unless you know 
perhaps something's very functional and then it doesn't yeah. spark very much joy, but you have to keep it anyway. But the things that may not be as functional, does it spark joy? And does it spark joy? And that's the whole premise of the book. I haven't actually read the book. I've watched so many YouTube videos though of yes. people like holding up their clothes and they're like, does this spark joy? And yeah. if it doesn't spark joy, then they, you know, depart from it. But for the most part, I have been really trying to weed out. I do still have to weed out quite a few more pieces though because that's just kind of where I'm at there's a lot of clothes that I have not worn yet but I am dying to know since you lived in LA for so long are there any like go-to places that you're like you guys should go to this coffee shop or shop here like tell us all the deets (laughs) oh I love this yes so I had I thought of I was thinking of a few one of my favorite restaurants ever, which for anyone living in the LA, mm-hmm. sort of Westwood, Hollywood, Beverly Hills area. Yes. Um, it's a restaurant called House of Meatballs. Ooh. And it's actually located right off of the UCLA campus. Mm-hmm. Um, think of it as like a small, very, uh, really unique, fun kind of instagram They have a neon light yeah, and everything. Nice. Uh, Italian shop. And it's Ooh. basically make your own meatballs and then you can have Add in a pasta, so my go-to are the pork mozzarella meatballs Ooh. with uh, vodka cream sauce. <laughs> yes. Just my favorite. So that one I highly recommend. And then another one that is a little bit newer and actually a dear friend of mine's is uh, Dip Dye Supply. So oh, nice. Yes, Dip Dye Supply is. Um, it was created by Natalia, and uh, Natalia it was my freshman. I'm sorry, my sophomore and junior year roommate at USC. Uh, Natalia Smith decided to make this amazing, basically tie dye brand. So yes, um, I've heard of it actually. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing an amazing job, and they they've been donating to some great initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you love loungewear sets t-shirts and anything like that um, they do dip dye masks as well for um you know coronavirus masks uh-huh. they're awesome so highly recommend wow okay I love you're giving me good suggestions I'm <laughs> so excited to once I finally am able to go back to LA and explore a bit I'll definitely check out those places yeah oh definitely definitely love and hopefully it, love I'm, it. I'm still here I know <laughs> I, I know I know. Okay. So I really want everyone to know just more about your journey with being a student at USC. So can you talk about like, why did you choose USC and how has your time been there? Absolutely. So this is a favorite question purely from the standpoint of, I was a tour guide for four years at USC. So I absolutely loved doing that. Um, I chose USC because For a lot of reasons. One of which was it felt like home. Um, Crazy fun fact: I'm a fourth generation Trojan. So my parents, yes. So my parents met on their first day of college at USC. My dad on move-in day for me, he was able to point out the exact spot on the steps outside of Mark's Tower where he saw my mom, which was so special. And then my grandparents went to USC, and my great grandparents on either side went to USC. Yes. Whoa. So USC football took up a lot of time growing up. And, <laughs> yep. you know, when the college application process came around, I thought, oh, USC is wonderful and fantastic. But I sort of saw myself going to a smaller liberal arts college. Okay. Uh, USC is pretty, it's medium yeah. sized, but it's pretty big compared to the schools I was looking at. And then I took the tour and Allison, mm. that tour was just everything I ever could have wanted. And it became it's remarkable. 
Yes. Thank you. Yes. It was so wonderful. So I was a tour guide for four years and then I was a research assistant in the child interviewing lab in the Gold School of Law. So this is under Dr. Tom Lyon, who is a powerhouse in the world of child forensic interviewing. So what I would do is I'd go in and I would transcribe forensic interviews for children who have experienced abuse or witnessed a violent crime. And then those transcripts would actually be sent to court. I would drive them as a runner or someone else in the lab would bring them to court and they would be used so that children don't have to testify in front of their abusers. Wow. Yes. That's so interesting. It was so fascinating to be a part of, and it was a really great kind of introduction for me going into the world of therapy and psychology, understanding the traumatic experiences. And and in this lab, we work primarily with sex abuse cases. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really heavy at times, really heavy most of the time. But what what I learned and I was so inspired by the forensic interviewers for who were women only two or three years older than me who were wow. trained to go in and interview these children. And the impact that that lab has is unbelievable. I was so grateful to be a part of it. So that was wonderful. And then mm-hmm. um, I also helped co-found a volunteering organization called Glamour Gals, where we would go out into the community and give complimentary beauty makeovers to men and women in senior homes. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. Allison, it was so fun. It was so fun. We did that. uh, We did that for four years and really started it from the ground up at SC. So it was a blast. And then lastly was photography. That was all Mm -hmm. my, any spare time I had. Any spare time. I love that. You were so involved. Oh my goodness. I applaud you. (laughs) I mean, I feel like at USC, there's no way going about not being involved. There's so much to do there. So much to do. And the crazy joke that a lot of the tour guides would have is, you know, those tour guides, let me tell you, are mm-hmm. incredible human beings and such great representatives of the university. I was always consistently blown away by being able to work alongside those incredible people. And one of the most special things is you would learn, you know, you would hear through the grapevine like, oh, so-and-so has, you know, a major and a triple minor, or so-and-so is interning at NASA and then has a full-time job at Google. Like, these these individuals are... They're well-rounded and they're killing it. Yes. Yes. So, and in saying that, any advice I would have to anyone who is, you know, coming out of high school, going into university, is really do stay true to yourself and what makes you happy and stay away from that comparison game. And I say that so truthfully because you could be doing everything and still looking to the person next to you and saying, oh boy, I'm not doing anything. I need to pick up another job or pick up another extracurricular. And and truly you don't, if you're loving what you're doing, you don't. <laughs> and I love that you mentioned the whole thing with comparison because as a college student, I really struggle with that. I struggle with the idea of thinking that I always have to be doing more or, oh, I need to be on top of this. And do I need to intern somewhere else or have another job? And I luckily, one of my great friends, Mm. Caitlin, has told me multiple times, Allison, sometimes you don't have to be involved in every club or you don't have to have a job in this season or this semester because maybe all you need to do right now is be a student and I was like wow you know she hit it 
right there because as someone I decided to actually no longer do my student leadership role Mm. that I was in and I had to make the decision which was really hard because that is a position on my campus that gets paid and I was like okay I don't want to do it anymore because it's a little too time consuming especially Mm. since my major is getting a little bit more rigorous so I was like okay I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm gonna see what happens and luckily what everything what it turned out which was a blessing is I'm really getting into journalism right now I think more so yes more so because of the podcast oh my gosh I love that so and I'm so curious so how did you feel because I know the thing that I could never do throughout college is give something up like if I had a position it was so difficult for me even if it would have saved my sanity or given me more time to sleep and live. How did you reconcile with giving that up, even though you knew it was the best thing for you? So I really had to step back and I had to evaluate things because I realized how much of a time commitment it was becoming. And I also realized just some other different components that were just a little bit draining. Mm -hmm. And I had to assess and I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I not do? And it boiled down to me stepping away from my student leadership role at the end. And luckily, I was given a position which has less time commitment at all, which is such a blessing. You still get paid for it, which is awesome. And now I'm actually going to be a newsletter editor for a different journalism club on our campus. Allison, are you kidding? Yes. So it's just like, you have to take that leap of faith because if you don't, you may be blocking out a blessing that, you know, something may come up. So it was really, it was really awesome. Oh my gosh. How incredible. Congratulations. That's huge. That is so cool. It really means a lot. It's hard. Like you said, it's really hard to balance saying, okay, I have this position and I don't want to give it up because it's such a good gig, but then realizing, wait, something's not working here. I'm being overworked or whatever the case may be. So. Absolutely. And, and the, the, to, to even piggyback on that, the one thing that I remember throughout college that was such a special realization for me was I had gone out, I I believe it was my sophomore year going into my junior year. Mm -hmm. I had gone out for a student organization on campus, a leadership organization. It was really coveted Mm -hmm. and I made it to like the final round and then I didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And I got the, well, and, and of course I was really bummed and I was friends in it. So I was just like, ah, what, what did I do that made them not want me? It was like the whole, all the questions you would ask. And then two days later in my email inbox, mm-hmm. I got the, the email from our psychology advisor saying, hey, the child interviewing lab on campus is looking for research assistance. And I was blown away because I had done a, an entire research paper on Dr. Lyon, who's the head of the, the, um, the child interviewing lab. My sophomore year, I had taken a psychology and law course, and he is such an incredible figure in that community. Mm-hmm. I'd written an entire paper on him. And then I found out not only is he looking for, you know, research assistance at USC, but he's at USC. I had no idea. So it was so incredible. And I sent in my application immediately and I had the interview the next day. 
And all I could think of was if I had gotten that other student leadership position, I wouldn't have had the time in my schedule to do that. No. So thank goodness that didn't work out. And of course, that I feel like that happens throughout life where you mm-hmm. are so bummed about something, but it's the one door closes and another door Exactly. Closes, right? <laughs> That's so true. Well, how I feel like at USC, how was it balancing being involved with so many things and then also trying to be a good student? You know, how yes. was it? Like, was it very rigorous? Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I, I was someone who really prioritized school and I've been in that mindset. I'm a total perfectionist. I, I get very stressed if I know I'm not studying when I should be. And I think the tough thing about college is, you know, in my mind, it's not as much about just sitting in your room studying. It's about the experience. It's about seeing your friends and going out and also experiencing class, which is why, of course, online classes are so tough because it is so magical being in the room with so many amazing students. Um, And saying that, the one thing that I really did miss out on was sleep. That That was the one thing I had to give up. And I also had to learn how to say no. And I know I mentioned it was, it's really hard to say no for me to a position, Mm -hmm. but it was easier for me to learn how to say no week to week. So I knew I would have my planner out every week. And again, for anyone, you know, coming out of high school, going into college, buy a passion planner. If you don't know what a passion planner is, it is magical and life-changing and will completely streamline your week. And it actually is set up looking kind of like an iCal online mm-hmm. where it has all the dates along the side and then you can block out time block in, out. The, in the, in the plan, uh, in the planner itself. Sorry. So I had my planner, I would sit down every week and I would map out, okay, I can see, you know, I can have three lunch dates this week, or I can have three dinners this week. And then yeah. that's it. I need the downtime. I need to take one dinner to watch Parks and Rec on Netflix. <laughs> and I need one dinner to just sit by myself and reflect on the week, that sort of thing. Yes, so I know you mean. Yeah. How did you balance? Did you have a planner or did you, mm-hmm. you use online calendar? What, what's your way of scheduling so- the week? The best way I know, I've tried so many different planners, which is so funny because everyone swears by Google Calendar. And I think just because I haven't really sat down to understand it. Mm. I have so many friends that use it and they're like, you don't use Google Calendar. And I'm like, no, but I need to. So I um, tried Google Calendar, but I really just like a physical planner, you know, handwritten Mm, notes and all of that stuff. So I had a um, planner that I'm definitely, it was called the day design planner, I believe. And it was one of a planner that I got from Target. I tried doing that one, but then I just switched because personally, this is the way that I like my planners. I just like an open box so I can like say, okay, I've worked this day and these assignments do or this day so I have heard a lot about the passion planner and I'm like I need to hop on that train because everyone rants and raves about it I can totally say it takes a little bit of getting used to it takes a second to kind of mentally organize how you're going to use that new format but I love it because in my head it does it matches the online calendar which I don't use but I love crossing out that to-do exactly. list if anyone else loves that like you know the just yep me too me too <laughs> I love a good like crossing off you just feel more accomplished I have a little to-do list um pad that I bought this 
pass or rule earlier this quarantine because I was like I'm not accomplishing everything that I want to and I know for myself if I want to be motivated I need to like check it off physically so I bought one of those but I love planning and I love doing that so you did mention that you were kind of in the forensic vibe of it all so does USC because I know how to get away with murder was filmed there does it those vibes Yes. And not only does it give those vibes, but it, I, I was on campus when Viola Davis was there. It was very cool. There, the cool thing about USC is you're walking to class one day and they're filming a, a TV show in the quad wow. and you're walking by and you're seeing the actors and actresses and Viola Davis, no, I did not see Viola Davis, okay. but I had some friends that were on campus when she was there. Nice. It was just incredible. And then um, I was coming out of my French class my freshman year. I was I was late to a different class. I, we'd gotten out a couple minutes early, so I'm walking pretty fast. And there was a guy standing behind a tree wearing dark clothes. And he said, hey, hey, we are rolling. Just keep walking. Don't move. And I, I, was, I was like, oh, okay. Oh. So I just kept walking. And all of a sudden... Uh, the the cast members from the TV show Blackish <gasps> out of nowhere is it is Yara Shahidi? Yara Shahidi, yes. Yara Shahidi is walking towards me, and she's holding books, and there's a whole camera rig, and they're moving. So I was I was a little I was completely starstruck, but I didn't know what to do. So I just continued walking in a straight line, and she walked right past me, and that was the you were just thing. like that was what is going on? That is so funny. I. There are so many films and movies and TV shows that I bet are filmed on a daily or monthly basis there. Because I have friends that also go to UCLA and they tell me, they're like, yeah, people are always filming you. Like, it's just normal. Yes. And you get really used to it. And one of the most, the the coolest things as a photographer, one of the coolest lighting setups I had ever seen was I was walking by the PE building and they had put these enormous floodlights in the windows of the building from the outside. What they were doing was they were filming on the inside, but they needed it to look like daytime. So it was essentially just them flooding the building with light, hoping to, you know, to, to make it seem like like it was the middle of the day. Yeah. In the middle of the day. That is crazy. I know. Lighting is everything. Lighting is everything. What well, was, yeah. you know, leaving school in the middle of a pandemic? Like, since you had to graduate, you know, your graduating class of 2020, how did that look? Yeah. Oh, it was weird. And obviously, you know, in saying, yeah, I was a graduating 2020 senior and it sucks for me. It's it. This whole thing is so devastating to everyone. And I would say, I mean, I, I feel so genuinely lucky that, you know, I'm, I, I got to be with my family and um, I got to continue my classes and I felt very lucky on so many levels. The weirdest part was, so our, our spring break was the part where they were supposed to figure out sort of an online thing if it came to that, because about March 3rd was... March 2nd or 3rd somewhere in there was the weekend before yeah and we had I had I I was with my boyfriend I was with my friends we were going out we were having fun but we knew that it was kind of like we had a feeling this is it this is the Um, last time and as it creeped in and, and during that week I remember each day 
things got scarier and scarier exponentially. Um, so by the time the weekend was up and Monday came along, the one most special thing that happened, and I have teared up even just thinking about it, and so is my mom, is the fact that my parents were able to slide onto a tour at USC, and it was my last tour as a tour guide, and they got to see it in person with people on the Monday before everything shut down, and it was the most special experience because both of them attended USC. They had never seen my tour, and the fact that they got to be there just it was everything. And that it was brings me chills too. <laughs> it brings me chills because it's just so, you know, who does not want to support their child? And especially yeah. that they were so willing to go out there and be like, okay, we've been to USC. We <laughs> like we are students here, but we want to see our daughter give this tour. Yes. And I just think that's amazing where they got to see it in its full entirety and not modified in any way. Yes. So it was just, oh, that's so awesome. I was so grateful, so grateful. So that happened and that was, and that was really, that was kind of my, that was my goodbye to the tour, the admission center, which was again, so joyful that my last one was with my parents, but very sad, of course. And then, um, and then we, I, the weirdest part was, so our family has a, a wonderful little river home in a very remote place, kind of on the California, Arizona yeah. border. And we had to make the decision. I came home for spring break, quote unquote, you know, just for spring break. And we sat around the dinner table and things are shutting down and people are flying home. And the four of us sat there and said, you know, do what do we, what do we do? Are we, are we leave, you know, leaving Pasadena? And Mm -hmm. we ended up packing up all of our bags and we stayed on that California, Arizona border for two and a half months. We left LA and it was very secluded and I was able to do my classes, but it was so weird being away from where it was really happening. And I don't know if you experienced this, but you know, when you started going to the Rite Aids and, you know, Rite Aid, CVS, and they have the glass protectors in front of everyone and it hit fast. It did hit fast. Well, I'm just so proud of you, Sam, for graduating in the midst of this coronavirus. I know that it was probably hard not to have that remarkable ceremony that happens year in and year out with amazing speakers um, at commencement. But I know that USC probably made up for that for you guys. (laughs) So Yes. Well, and it was wonderful. And I will add very quickly, the most magical thing for me was I was able to take my senior pictures on campus. Okay, good. And that for, I mean, especially as a photographer, but maybe just as a USC student, that was such a pivotal thing for me to experience. And finally, about three weeks ago, I was able to do it. And so as a, you know, as someone who is a photographer and doing, still doing grad photos, that is such a gift I want to continue helping people with is, I, I mean, getting those grad photos is so special and really is. with the sash and your, you know, cap, if you want, it's just so I, to anyone who is experiencing that, I, or we you are know, still waiting on their pictures, haven't done them yet. I totally understand. And it, it really is. Well, Sam, I love your photos in particular. And that's why I think I'm so sad that you're moving to Chicago. But I really want everyone to know about Sam Hardy portraits a little bit more. So can you your journey with just photography and where you are now with it? Yeah, thank you. Yes, absolutely. So 
Um, I have always been in the in the realm of photography and and videography. So I took my first photography class. I think it was in fourth grade. It was a summer school class. It was so fun. It was just we had our, our little itty bitty digital cameras running around our middle school campus Aww. taking pictures. Such a blast. And then as high school rolled around, I was in the four-year film program at my high school. So that was obviously more film-oriented. Um, I had made a documentary. I had been an assistant director on a, a little film that went to this uh, high school film fest in New York, which was a blast. Mm -hmm. So that was wonderful. And I somehow swiveled back into photography because I loved the editing portion. Oh, yes. I loved, yes, I loved that you could take a photo and make it as perfect as possible while still keeping things incredibly natural and true to someone's you know persona um I had my camera that I was using for film and videography but the toughest part for me was that I had a vision for these photos I, I wanted I wanted the person to be at the focus I wanted that blurred background that beautiful bouquet mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting it and I got kind of discouraged because I had this beautiful camera that just wasn't the right lens. I wasn't using the, oh. the right lens, but I couldn't figure out why it was. I was my vision wasn't coming through, and I had taken some family portraits and senior portraits of friends in high school. And when I got to college, I realized I could make the investment in the equipment that I needed and wanted because of the tour guiding position and the positions I had on campus that were allowing me to save up some money. So I ended up investing in the camera equipment that I have now that I'm building mm -hmm. on top of. So I have a um really my it's it, oh Allison it's my baby it is my yeah. favorite camera in the world um the Canon EOS um uh, 5D Mark IV wow and then yes. I'm using a um yes, yes and I I had no idea what an impact that would have on my ability to be creative. And now in saying this to anyone listening, you do not need insane equipment to make your vision come true. That is not what I'm preaching at all. Um, but I will say it allowed for me to understand how to use my lighting and my, my, uh, the, the manual settings and everything allowed for me to play so much more. Mm -hmm. So now where we are today, I'm doing those grad shoots. I'm doing uh, fashion shoots as well as headshots. Those are all my favorites. And I've had the opportunity to work with some awesome companies, um, Appearance Marketing and the Shoah Foundation at USC, doing headshots for them. And it has really given me so much joy, so much joy working with people. I know. It's just incredible. And people, I, I, Allison, I didn't realize what an impact a good photo has on someone. And having a photo or a set of photos that you feel comfortable in and that you love and you want to share with people, what an, what a special thing to have. And if, right? if I'm able to help give that to people, exactly. it, it's everything. It's everything. I love that. Well, what is your biggest tip for people that want to start off successful? Because you, well, obviously I know that you started somewhere, but how, what is your biggest tips because you are very successful with what you do now. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. My biggest tip would be really spend time understanding 
what your clients want. Because when it comes to the to, you know, bottom line is they want your time and your energy. They want to know that you're putting time into editing their photos, that you're not just sending out a batch and that's just kind of it. Or and I, and I say this if you're interested in photography or if you're interested in other things, other business models, um, really understand what they want. And that took me about a year to really narrow down, which was my session packet. And it took me a long time, many drafts, many pricing changes, many uh, uh, revisions to try and figure out what it was that was perfect for me and also perfect for the people I'm working for. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to pull up a pages document or a work, you know, a, a word doc, put a lot of energy into those packets that you're sending out to people, the welcome packet, the session packet. Maybe if you're in a business, uh, a different business model, like for clothing or for something like that, that newsletter is really important. Um, and, and really being there for your clients. And that's my most special thing is I want to be there via text for people if they're reaching out to me. Mm. Um, and when I commit to someone, I want to make sure that I really am committing to them, which is why I don't yeah. like being overbooked because exactly. if there's too many people, I don't want to be half in and half out. And I think that's, that's what my dad, my, my dad has been a huge, you know, my, my parents are huge mm -hmm. role models to me, but my dad has always said, you know, if you're going to commit to something, be in it with your whole heart. Don't just kind of go in. I halfway. agree. I agree. Yeah. That's exactly how I am. And those are kind of words that I try to live by every day. But I'm just so interested because I know many people are too. You have worked with obviously people that are in the podcasting world, like the OK Sis sisters. And I really just want to know how do you network to find different people, especially in LA, which is such a hot spot for people that are really wanting to take off in their career? Yes, such a great question. So networking for me has been um, very much both word of mouth and Instagram based. Okay. Um, Instagram and, and allowing for people to tag you in a photo and you know encouraging it is mm -hmm. such a special thing. Um, I have, I mean, it means the world when someone tags me in a photo because that marketing is really important when someone sees a photo they like and then they click on the tag as to who took it. So important. Um, I can say I'm really grateful to USC because mm -hmm. I was able for really the way I started my first one or two shoots at SC was working with musicians in the Thornton School of Music. So oh. these musicians are, you know, maybe I, I believe I was doing, um, we, we did a headshot session for their band. Um, the, the name of the band is Mother. They're incredible. Aww. And the nice. keyboardist for Mother, her name is Melody, and she's just absolutely incredible. Uh, she actually went on to be the keyboardist for King Princess, if you know who King Princess wow, is. Wow, I do. I love Melody and love Michaela. She was a USC student as well. And I mean, they're, they're incredible. That band, incredible. Mm -hmm. And then um, you know, Christine is a bassist and she went on to work with Conan Gray. So th there was some wonderful, wonderful people that I was able to watch and not necessarily that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've worked with them since then, but it's just knowing how incredible it is to watch people you've worked with go on and do these insane things. And that to me is so special. And I want to continue working. I mean, 
I would love to continue working with musicians, with artists, with creative people. I love everyone in the podcast world. You are mm-hmm. incredible. The OKSIS okay sisters are you. absolutely phenomenal. And being able to have that fun creative outlet is a blast. I mean, bring really? all the props, all the flowers, all the Aww. fun. That's that's my favorite vibe. It so. really, really is. I I just applaud you. What other, something that I know that is so hard, because I have many friends that are really wanting to start a photography business. Yes. How would you tell them to know your worth when you're negotiating the prices? Oh, this is something I've struggled with so much because this is a job that I love. And exactly. it's hard when you're doing, yeah, it's hard when you're doing something you really love to put a price on it, especially mm-hmm. when it's, you know, when you're working with friends a lot of the time. And that's the most complicated part for me, which is when you're working with friends, you don't want to charge your friends. However, you're putting, you know, one to two hours into the shoot time, and then you're putting another six to eight hours into the editing time. So it's, it really is, you're taking on a huge project. So what I would recommend, which is what I did, start where you're comfortable with, which might be pretty low. Um, I started, my prices were incredibly low. I was doing a lot of shoots for free, just for fun, because the most important thing is building your portfolio and getting yeah. practice. And my deepest fear was always overcharging someone and not feeling confident that I was delivering the quality that they wanted. Exactly. Right. So what I, what I really focused on was start from the bottom up, do a lot of free shoots, do a lot of shoots that are uh, cheaper than you might typically charge if you knew you wanted to to continue doing this and always just sort of reevaluate as you get new equipment, as you buy more software. And that's where it got fun for me is, you know, as I started making a little money, I was able to start investing in a premium Dropbox account to save all my photos after a shoot and a better lens so I could continue doing that. And as you do that, for me, it, it made things feel a lot more justified like exactly yes I need to charge more because I've invested more I suppose Mm -hmm. um so that part yes and um the other the the other final thing I would say too is talk to your friends about it talk to them Mm -hmm. and say hey how you know close friends maybe your roommates say hey how does this sound is Mm -hmm. this too much is this too little for the amount of time and just sort of gauge because your friends are going to know too what you're college friends will pay for it that's what yep that's the truth that's the truth well I'm so curious because I love asking people this question what does a typical day in your life look like for shoot days yes oh good question Mm. I love um yeah so on a shoot day there's a lot of there's a lot of pre-work to a shoot Mm. so I always FaceTime with a client for 10 to 15 minutes before a shoot to, to get their vision, to get their vibe. We'll talk about location, outfit, makeup, hair, really set it all out so that they know what to expect. And then I'll also give them some, uh, some tips. So, you know, uh, when it comes to lipstick, always start with a nude gloss or a, a lighter color and then transition to a darker color because us girls, we all know taking off red lipstick and going to oh, nude yeah. is not the, not the vibe. So mm-hmm. that's something that's, I'd start with some tips some tricks. And then, uh, on shoot day, I'll wake up, get a really great breakfast, maybe edit mm-hmm. some pictures um, bef- that you know from a shoot that I'd been working on before. Um, generally, my shoots are around golden hour, so between mm-hmm. the hours of five and seven p.m. So leading up to it, if I don't have any schoolwork or 
um, if I'm not editing, about two to three hours before, I always do a camera prep. Uh, sort of checklist. So I make sure my SD cards are working, that I have my backup camera body in my SD, make sure my batteries have been charged and that I have my extra battery in case. And then I just sort of set that by the door. So I know when I'm running out the door, I can just grab my camera and go. Um, And then in light of COVID times, I grab my mask and then, (laughs) of course, head to the shoes. We'll probably be shooting um, my session shoots span between 30 minutes and an hour and a half is typically the max I'll do. And then the minute I get back, I will be uploading those pictures because I'm so excited to see them. Start narrowing, start editing, um, and then go from there. Go from there. I know. I'll <laughs> never forget vividly. That's how I know you are just a perfectionist at heart because oh. for the OKSIS podcast um, event, you were like already exporting them, you know, to your computer and you were like getting ready to edit. And I was like, wow, this like, I know how tedious it is for many photographers. And they're like, yeah, I have to get the photos to the person by the end of the night or whatever the case may be. Yes. Yeah. Oh, turnaround time is so important for Mm -hmm. sure and it's hard too because what I've learned recently getting my own pictures done it's so hard to wait to get your pictures in the best way like you just want you just want to see them immediately so I know I always try and keep it like a seven to day turnaround uh, seven to Mm ten day turnaround time just to try and get them you know flipped around as quickly as possible yes Um, I was going to ask you when it comes to your podcast, I'm sure that mm-hmm. you are dealing with a lot of editing and equipment. Have yes. you felt like you've had to learn a lot, uh, a lot on the tech side? So much. Yeah. Yes, so much. Well, in terms of the podcast, and I could talk about this forever, guys. I really, really try to manage my days too, where one day, especially with remote yeah. recording, I have to come up with an outline and I try to outline the episode so there's enough questions and there's never these like weird, awkward pauses, if that makes sense. So I have that as, you know, my prep day, I guess. Right. I send that over to whoever's going to be the guest of that podcast. They can look it over. They can improve it. And then once it's approved, we hop on, we record, we have a really nice conversation. And then after that is when we start to edit and I go in and actually I just use the GarageBand feature on most MacBooks and I start editing. I start editing and then luckily one of my great friends, Twyla, she um, asked me earlier this year, she's a music producer major type, and she was like, hey, I'd really like to start editing your podcast for you. So then I send it over to her and she does all of her magic and then we start distributing it on Monday morning. So it's a process, but I love it. And I love podcasting. So I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, you're incredibly good at it. So please don't stop. It's so amazing. And I was going to ask you, you, seriously, I was going to ask you too, because I think about this a lot with photography. And as we're talking, I realize that it must also be a huge deal in the world of podcasting, which is there is such a huge therapeutic component to it and as someone who you know one day I dream of going you know having a private practice going into clinical therapy yeah okay incredible um you know how does how does that play into how you approach your your podcast 
Well, definitely, notoriously, everyone um, that's really close to me knows that I want to be a teacher. So with teaching is conversation. And I'm going to be having so many conversations with students, with faculty members, and everyone in between. So with this podcast, it's allowed me to meet new people, Mm. learn more, because there's so much that I did not know. Even with you going to USC, I'm learning each day. And I think one of the most therapeutic concepts of podcasting is just being able to be like, I'm sitting down and I'm having a conversation with someone. Yes. Because we, as a society, sometimes tend to not value that. And I think right now, more than ever, we need to be venting to each other. We need to be having conversation. Oh, I fully agree. I love, and I love that you say that. And especially, how do you think because um how do you how do you think that the web component mm-hmm. of this because we're zooming right now how, yeah. how do you think that has Im- impacted you and your podcast with regards to the talk portion of it yes so with the talk portion of it I have realized that honestly I'm a diehard person too I would rather see you in person that's yes. just how I am I like to see your facial expressions mm-hmm. I don't want there to be like any like zoom complications where the wi-fi may be off yes. but I actually have been enjoying the zoom situation a lot I know that most people would rather do it this way and that's why I have learned okay if someone would rather zoom me then I'm flexible enough to do that if yes. they'd like to meet up I'm more than happy to. Mm-hmm. So it really has um, just taught me to be more flexible, I think, yes. during this crazy time that we're living in. But I am just so blessed that you were on the podcast. And by the oh. way, thank you for asking me questions. Like oh my during the podcast, of I'm course. like, you, you, you. And like for you to just sit back and be like, so what do you do? So that really means a lot. Of course. Well, and the most special part about you is I love hearing you talk. Your po- I've listened to episodes of your podcast. You are so wonderful and have such great perspectives. So really, I love listening to you talk too. Oh, yes. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I'm just so thankful that you came on the podcast. Yes. And I really want people to know where they can find you on Instagram. So could you close us out and tell us where we can find you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone who's listening. What a, what a special opportunity. Um, if you would like to check out my Instagram, it's Sam Hardy Portraits. Uh, Hardy is H-A-R-D-Y. So Sam Hardy Portraits. Um, and then I have a full website with my portfolio and everything. Uh, and it's www.samhardyportraits.com. So love it. Love it. Well, thank you, Sam, for coming on the podcast. And I'm quite sad. Honestly, I've been meaning to tell you this. I'm so sad that you're leaving California because I would have definitely booked you to do my senior portrait. Hey, you are so sweet. But guess what? My family lives here. So I'm definitely going to be back. So I will. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe just maybe she will be back and we will be able to do that. I know it's not so like two years. (laughs) You know, no, I have to come back for some holidays in there. That would be so fun. Yes. Well, thank you, Sam, so much. You are such a light in this world and you just make me smile. So thank you so much. (laughs)
Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, um, everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. It means the world. Make sure to rate and review the podcast if you enjoyed our conversation today. And follow me on at the locals podcast on Instagram. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.